It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon and welcome. Great to have you with us for this Friday, June 15th edition of Lifeline, right here mid-month and the end of the week. And, of course, as we get started, I want to first begin by thanking all of you that were so generous in our campaign over the last couple of days here at KFAX in providing meals for hungry and malnourished children in Guatemala. We ended up last night well over 530-something kids, and uh, I just want to say so much a hearty thank you from all of us. And, of course, on behalf of both Cross International, the team here at KFAX, and for these kids and the church that's doing this great work down in Guatemala, in Zacapa, we appreciate, again, your uh, generosity and how wonderfully responsive you were. So thanks again. Okay, we're going to get things underway for this Friday edition. As we do so, big items on news, uh, numbers, of course, on Wall Street related to what exactly did happen with the Fed's mid-month meeting that took place on Wednesday related to the cost of money, what's that going to do to the economy, and what of the potential impact of the recent summit between Kim Jong-un of North Korea and President Trump in Singapore a couple of days ago. With some insights, we're joined now by 30-plus year money manager, the host of Don't Invest and Forget, heard on our sister station, AM 1220, Business Radio 1220, KDOW, Pat Vitucci. Pat, as always, great to have you with us. Well, Pat, seemingly the big news this week, pretty much two big stories driving the headlines. One, the summit between Kim and Trump in Singapore, and the other, word that the Fed has decided to raise interest rates. It is now the seventh time since 2015 that they have done so. Not a major reaction on Wall Street, but I guess they sort of anticipated this would happen, didn't they? Yeah, we really did. It's the fourth rate increase this year. The economy is just firing on all cylinders. It is about as superlative of an economy as I've ever seen in all my years. I mean, this thing is just humming along. We saw retail sales numbers really double what we were expecting. So we're seeing an economy that will most likely average 3% for the year, maybe even higher. We've hit a couple quarters where it was at an annualized rate of 3%. Craig, if you just look at the traffic on our highways, it's kind of emblematic of everybody who wants a job can find a job. We're seeing certainly higher borrowing costs is going to be the result, Craig, of this uh, interest rate hike. When we start to see a little bit of inflation creeping in, it's about 2%, which is still historically very, very low. But Chairman Powell is taking some preventative action here by trying to slow things down just a little bit. And it's not going to have any really meaningful impact. I think the Trump tax plan, as it bleeds into the economy and as people start seeing more income net of taxes, maybe just $1,000 or $1,500 for the average person, but multiply that times a lot of people and you start seeing um, retail sales. And if you've been to an airport lately, you know every flight I've been on for the last many flights, there's not one empty seat. So airlines are certainly enjoying some really good economies. Jet fuel certainly is beginning to become a little bit of an issue, but I can't say more about the economy. Keep in mind the NASDAQ continues to hit new records every day. And in the Bay Area, we are tech-heavy economy, obviously. Records being broken almost daily. We're seeing FANG companies, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, 
just continue to have wonderful share price appreciation. Apple could hit, as the very first company, a trillion-dollar market cap. That's probably not too far down the road. Keep in mind, a lot of these companies have repurchased their own stock as a sign of their confidence and where their respective companies are going. And when Apple brought back, was it $63 billion when uh, President Trump passed the tax plan? All those shares that now are owned by Apple go back into the treasury of Apple, which fuels more research, which fuels more jobs. So the motivators, I think, are absolutely well-placed. It's a hands-off laissez-faire kind of policy coming out of Washington. Stand back, let the economy do its thing. I, I can recall President Reagan's comments. Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. You know, less government, put more power in the employers and people's hands and, and let the motivations of each of us drive the economy. And you really have to wonder, Craig, these other countries in Europe, France, France particularly sticks out in my mind where they're so highly regulated and when you make a commitment to somebody for a job, you literally cannot fire them. And so they're not, in my view, looking at the underlying motivations of individuals. This country has always put a lot of confidence in the absolute idea that if you motivate an employee, you motivate a person to create a company, to create abundance, to create jobs, to create revenue to create profit. Yes, profits, not a dirty word. Get back, get out of the way and let it happen. And America's done that for over 200 years. And these other countries continue to put onerous restrictions on the basic internal flow of what drives you and I to get up and go to work every day. And I can't imagine living in that kind of restricted society that says, you know, we want you to do well, but here's a hundred rules you got to follow, which just drives everybody to become not as motivated to create companies and fulfill your own dream. So America truly has captured the essence of motivating John and Mary Doe to do well and get out of their way and they'll contribute quite nicely to the economy in terms of job creation, taxes. And you wonder why some of these other countries around the globe don't mirror our attitude towards motivating their constituents to use that energy and use that creativity to do something formidable for themselves and in effect for their company. So the government will start seeing more revenue, which we've got to start to chip away at this $21 trillion debt load. That's becoming a problem. And the theory is if we continue to go at three plus percent GDP per year, it will begin to reduce that debt. Keep in mind the trade tariff war that we're seeing unfold before our eyes is really designed to help that $21 trillion debt load, you know, with China and Canada and Mexico just being shocked. When we uh, move our dairy products into Canada, and they charge us 275% tariffs, and their president gets all upset because we're now going to not tolerate that. We're going to now put tariffs on them. It's like, we've been doing this forever. You can't do this to us now. I think we'll eventually settle this very soon because we're too big of a collection of consumers to not cooperate with some new, more fair tariff trade rules. 
Now, in spite of all the talk about trade wars and things of this sort, certainly we see a growing and healthier economy here in the United States. And I wonder how much of that, perhaps to a albeit smaller degree, is beginning to emerge in Europe. And I pose that question, Pat, because today the European Central Bank announced that they're going to end their quantitative easing program, their bond buying program. Does this also suggest that some of the economic success that we're enjoying here in the United States is beginning to trickle out to other countries emerging markets even europe has have recovered nicely we'll see if the euro succeeds or not we're seeing cracks in that whole system this past year emerging markets had a phenomenal year and so they're a little bit behind the usa in terms of a recovery but our clients have enjoyed some wonderful performances for the last 12 to 15 18 months in the emerging markets area and so you can't ignore a hotbed of activity that uh, they've been enjoying despite some of their legislation that they've passed. And so we'll see if Italy can survive and Greece can survive and Germany continues to have patience in, in supporting a lot of those other countries that just refuse to jump on the bandwagon and understand can't keep spending without consequences that have long-term implications on the prosperity of some of those countries. Retirement planning expert and money advisor Pat Vitucci with us on this Friday edition of Lifeline. Pat, stay with us one more segment. We'll talk a bit about the North Korea summit, its impact on the markets. And we'll do that right after a quick timeout, an update on traffic, then back with more here on the Friday edition of Lifeline from KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Let's turn to another issue. We've been following, of course, what's been going on with the United States and North Korea. Historic summit, the first time ever a seated U.S. president has met a dictator from North Korea. That happened with the meeting in Singapore between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. What are your thoughts in terms of the hope for a deal in the future? How does Wall Street react to all of this? If Kim Jong-un is absolutely serious... And he's not toying with us, which we've seen a lot of rhetoric at North Korea in the last many years. None have sit down, have sat down with a president. So that's, as you mentioned, that's a first. While it appears legitimate, it appears sincere. Are they really going to denuclearize? And at what pace will we be able to monitor the progress? President Obama gave Iran, was it $400 billion in plane loads of cash? They have not complied. And meanwhile, they've enjoyed $400 billion of our tax money. It seemed ridiculous at the time without monitoring and following up to see if they really are meeting the terms of the agreement they say they're going to do and what they're actually going to do. Because we are, obviously, we have fallen for that trick too many times. So I think you're going to see some real progress. North Korea and South Korea continue to have discussion. If they can stroke Kim Jong-un enough, and I think that little economy, which by the way, is about the size of Utah. North Korea is about the size of Utah. So we're talking about a very small part of the globe with a tiny, tiny economy. Probably Utah's got a bigger economy than North Korea. But the fact that this, this administration in North Korea has put all of its money in nuclear bombs, it's got the attention of the world. And so maybe his strategy worked. Maybe his strategy of you know putting every last nickel into bombs and nothing into the economy and starving his people and killing his people. Maybe it worked. Maybe that was the strategy of getting 
Now America will invest, you know, billions of dollars in the economy. And yes, our corporate America will, will do quite well. They'll make profits there. Maybe that was his artful deal to begin with. And now he's got the attention of the most powerful man on the planet. And maybe he'll get some goodies from us if, in fact, he does denuclearize and cooperates as a, as a good uh, citizen of the planet. We'll see how all this evolves, but there's certainly an economic financial opportunity for America and for other trading partners, but it does take the bad boy out of the picture and takes his ammunition away to threaten Hawaii or Guam or Israel or wherever his targets were. We'll see. I, I tend to be optimistic, but we've got to be very cautious. The history of this family governing North Korea is not a stellar one, as we all know. So if it fails, you can say, okay, he tried and he got hoodwinked like all the past ones and we'll keep the sanctions up. And uh, going down that road is a lot uglier for everyone, especially the North Korean folks. I mean, they've, they've been starving them for years. And so um, I have to believe there's a little pressure on Kim Jong-un to get his people to be in a little bit of a happier state. Pat, let me turn a corner here. I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine, actually his wife, who was sort of bemoaning the fact that now that her husband has finally retired and they've had a chance to begin doing all the things they've always dreamed of doing together, that in the times when they're not traveling or hanging out with the grandkids or doing projects together around the house, that her husband seems to be constantly underfoot. I wonder if that's a lament of a lot of spouses that say, gee, once my husband or my spouse retires, all of this extra time on hand seems to be kind of wasted because they don't know what to do with themselves. One client said, I've got twice the husband and half the space. So in other words, now he's hanging around in my office, my home. She caught him one day alphabetizing the spice rack. I mean, talk about bored. So uh, we got to be careful what we wish for. You know, retirement is something that we all dream about. We got to be careful what reality really is. I literally had a, a gal who was financially very well prepared to retire and she got a shock when she was brought into her boss's office and said, oh, by the way, here's an opportunity to retire five years early. We're going to give you one-year severance. We're going to give you a matching 401k for that year. We're going to give you health care benefits for the next several years. I mean, it was just like Santa Claus came and visited her, and she sat dumbfounded with this wonderful financial opportunity, but emotionally, psychologically, Craig, she was not prepared at all. And so while this whole idea of retirement is very seductive and are you ready psychologically to move into a whole retirement idea? You say, well, I'll try it for a couple of years and then I'll go back and I'll get a part-time job in my area of expertise. Well, we all know as we get older in this fast-paced world we live in, your skills atrophy really quickly. And you, of course, get discriminated against because now you've got all that blonde hair that uh, you bring to the interview. And you're probably being interviewed by a 35-year-old that looks at you as though you're a grandfather or something. And so the optics of that, in many cases, does not work out. You're doing it to fill your day, but it's not psychologically satisfying at all. Also, interestingly, Craig, there's a 2016 study in a health journal that suggests retiring early may actually increase your risk of dying. Well, that doesn't sound like a 
a very sexy way to start my uh, retirement. And those who postpone retirement had an 11% lower risk of dying early. There was even a study at Cornell, which shows the biggest effect on men in this scenario. They saw an increase in mortality of 20%, Craig. So retiring early, according to this study, had an increase in risk of dying of 20%. And then, of course, the whole idea of retirement and all your buddies are still working nine to five. So you get up at seven, you you read the paper, you watch the news, you finish your second cup of coffee. It's nine o'clock and you don't get any more voicemails. You don't get any texts. You don't get any emails anymore. You like fall, you fell out of cyberspace. Nobody recognizes you anymore. And so, of course, you get depressed. Depression can lead to Alzheimer's or other emotionally distorting kinds of things. And so my point is you've got to have a plan. When you work in a career, you work your career plan and you've, you've got some ideas, you've got some, some milestones. You're retiring from something, you've you got to go in, into something else and not think all these days are going to magically fill up with something to do. You've got to have a purpose and you've got to understand the reduction in the social interaction and the mental stimulus has got to be corrected pretty quickly or else you get dulled down and dumbed down pretty darn quick. And so the world looks at you very differently as a retired person. There's a stereotype. You're put out to pasture. You're no longer a contributing member of society. So you've got to recognize that. What is your plan in retirement? I coach people every day for the last many, many years. We've had some very successful people migrate into retirement, but they're busy. And their comment to me always is, I have no time. I have no idea how I had time for work because I'm so busy doing something else. They contribute their time to charities. They teach school children. They do some consulting in their area of expertise, but they don't sit around and watch soap operas and think they're going to play golf every day. Your body cannot take that kind of abuse. So there's a whole psychological evolution of change that many people are not prepared for. And so you've got to understand, even though financially you're, you're more than able to retire, the, the numbers crunch easily, you've got a lot of money and your income is, good, is not going to be changed and you'll be able to travel and do this and do that. You've got to have some plans or some specific activities that will stroke your ego, keep your physical health there and get your focus on something that you're so you're not put out to pasture and you're just going to get dumbed down with every every passing week every passing month and you're not sitting around bugging your spouse with alphabetizing the spice rack or cleaning the garage out for the fourth time interesting studies have shown um, continuing strong health becomes certainly an important factor for all of us you can retire at 50 years old and if you keep busy that's great. You retire at 80, and that's cool, too. So there's no one-size-fits-all. This notion of 65 and I'm out is such an antiquated idea. It's been, it's been antiquated for many, many years. And so that number is different for each of us. We're going to do a seminar on this, Craig. I really feel there's a lot of ideas here that we can bring some psychologists into this uh, seminar and really have, have a fun time exploring this uh, further.
Sounds like fun. Well, thank you, Pat, so much for being with us on this Friday edition of Lifeline. Don't forget Pat's program, Don't Invest and Forget, can be heard Saturday mornings on our sister station, 1220 AM, Business Radio 1220, KDOW. That's 8 o'clock Saturday tomorrow morning. More information about Pat online at don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. A brief time out, back with more here on the Friday edition of Lifeline from KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Over the last many months, there has been a growing body of concern over the school shootings. Places like Columbine, Sandy Hook, Parkland, Marshall County, The list seemingly continues to grow, and with it, concerns by parents, not just over whether or not the physical environment is a safe one for children to learn, but certainly Christian parents have known for a long time that while that's important, so too is the quality and safety of the academic, moral, and spiritual environment in which our children are educated. Joining me today in studio is Brian Recton, and Brian is here to share some good news about an opportunity for parents all across the San Francisco Bay Area who've long dreamed about getting their child into a private school where they can make sure that not only is there a safe learning environment from a physical aspect, but also a safe learning environment from the academic, moral, and spiritual aspect. And Brian, at the end of the day, this half-off tuition program that KFAX has been running for a number of years now really helps parents accomplish just that. Yeah, it's very exciting, Craig, and actually we're doing this for the seventh year, and uh, over 89 families have actually benefited from this, and they've enrolled their children, and they've taken advantage of these half-price vouchers. And the first thing that I usually hear from parents is, you know, when I tell them half-price, they say, what's the catch? Well, there really isn't a catch. This has uh, been working wonderfully. God is using it in, in mighty ways. Uh, for families that just think Christian school is out of their reach, we've partnered with now, uh, so far, uh, 16 schools this year, although schools continue to uh, come on board. But when we launch this, we'll have uh, at least 16 schools thread, spread throughout the Bay Area that will be offering vouchers at half price. Now, the only catch really is that it's new families, families that are not currently enrolled, and they do limit it to one per family because they're trying to uh, bless as many families as possible. And and basically, the re-enrollment rate is nearly 90%. So what history has shown us over these uh, six years that we've completed this process is that once a family does enroll their child or children in a Christian school, the vast majority of them re-enroll. The proof is in the pudding. They get a chance to experience the difference in their child's attitude, in their sense of well-being. Certainly, uh, almost across the board, a marked improvement Mm -hmm. in their academic testing and scores. And, you know, that's attributable things like a low student-teacher ratio in private schools, Bible-based education, the level of attention that the students receive. So I guess for the parents, they come in with this with sort of a, seems too good to be true, but let's put our toe in the water and, and, and test it. And lo and behold, it. they find that it is true. And you know what else they don't have to do? They don't have to debrief their kids every day when they come home from the <laughs> yeah, government yeah. schools. Yes, this is you true. know, what did you hear today? What did you learn today? And all the craziness, you know, with, with uh, you know, gender-neutral bathrooms and all the crazy stuff going on in the public school, they're finding that it's a breath of fresh air. They're actually looking forward to their children coming home from school to talk about what they learned that day. And it finally puts the parent, the child, 
the administration, the teacher, all on the same page, all pulling together for the well-being and best interest of the child. Now, this isn't to say that there aren't good public schools, because they are. But with so many agendas afoot at the state level, at the federal level, and as you mentioned, between the curriculum and some of the other policies, parents have a lot to be concerned about as to whether or not what they're trying to instill in terms of biblical and moral values and academic standards in their child is being supported or countermanded Mm -hmm. in their scholastic experience. And the good news with a private Christian education is everybody's on the same page. Everybody. And you know, what I would encourage listeners, if you're hearing this and you're not, you've, you've never heard this before. You're new in the area. You just started listening to KFAX. I'd encourage you to go to our website, kfax.com. Click on any of the banners that are on the homepage that say back to school, and you'll see the list of schools. We put up a convenient map there where you're going to be able to see where all the pins are located. And you'll see everything there is to know about those schools, the website, some information on the school, what grades they're offering vouchers for. And if the two align with your with your family, then I would encourage you to call. Uh, call me. My number and my name will be there on that page. You can ask me any questions you want. You can go visit the school. You can take a tour. The thing you want to do, though, is you want to let them know immediately that you're, you're trying to claim a KFAX voucher. Now, of course, these schools are very familiar with the voucher program. I want to talk for just a second, too, about the army of listeners that have heard about this, the 89 families that have already enrolled a child. And I'm going to ask if uh, I could solicit you all as ambassadors for this program. You've tasted and seen what this program has meant to your family. So I just encourage you to mention it to friends, mention it to coworkers, mention it to folks at church. Let them know about the program. A lot of people, uh, there are one or two people in the Bay Area that don't listen to KFAX. We know most of them do. But uh, this has been such a blessing. I could talk for hours and tell God stories of how this has changed lives. I, I, I don't have it in studio with me, but I just got an email from a mom from back in 2014 whose son is now graduating, going on to a very, very prestigious college. And she sent us an email just saying, it all started with the half-price voucher. I never dreamed I would be able to enroll my son in Christian school. Well, Four years later, he's graduating, and his life's been transformed. And it is an indisputable fact that because of the difference in the student-to-teacher ratio in private schools, the biblical-based standards, mm-hmm. um, the, the attention to scholastic excellence at every level, that SAT test scores are higher, Children that matriculate through K through 12 and then go on to two- and four-year colleges and universities is significantly higher. So at the end of the day, it's it's well worth the experience. Now, let's talk about um, a few of the housekeeping details. Again, more information available at kfax.com. Just look for the half-off tuition banner anywhere. Click on that. That'll take you to the map. You can find out what schools are available in your area. That list, as Brian mentioned, is growing daily. Again, at kfax.com. You can also get information in terms of the details of the program. So first-time families, one child per family. Uh, You do have to meet the school's individual scholastic entrance 
requirements. Yeah, the school will still meet with the family. Um, but here's the good news is uh, even at half price, your funds are never at risk because if for any reason, and it's stated very clearly on our website, if for any reason you or the school doesn't go forward with the enro- enrollment, you get a full and immediate refund. So your, your funds are never at risk. The important thing to know, though, is it, it is a first-come, first-served uh, opportunity here. Now, what if I go to the website, kfax.com, I click on the half-off tuition banner, I look at the list, I look at the map and go, wow, the school that I was hoping for is not there. I would encourage you to immediately call me. You'll see my name and number on that page. And let me contact the school and find out. It could be a school that for some one reason or another, we didn't reach out to them or they had a change in superintendent or principal. Someone wasn't familiar with the program. We can explain it to them. You can even call them and say, you know, uh, are you familiar with the KFAX voucher program? Because I don't see your school listed on the website. Every year we do get schools that come to us because a parent requested that they consider the half price voucher. So if you don't see the school in your neighborhood that you're familiar with, yeah, don't, don't think that there's no opportunity because there is. And again, complete details available at kfax.com. That's kfax.com. You can also call toll free to pose questions. How many vouchers are still available? Details of this sort, anything that might be unique to your circumstance, uh, simply call toll free 800-947-KFAX. That's 800 800- Nine four seven five three two nine. We'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Again, as Brian points out, this is on a first come, first serve basis. So the early bird catches the worm. We invite you to go online today to kfax.com. Check out the half off tuition page. And then again, if you have any questions or to redeem your voucher, call toll free eight hundred nine four seven. 5329. That's 800 947 KFAX. At the end of the day, when it comes to rearing our child and giving them the tools they need for their not only scholastic future, but quite frankly, for their adulthood, we really only get one chance to do it right. So don't hesitate. Get more information. Go online today, kfax.com, or call toll-free 800-947-5329. That's 800-947-KFAX.